Good morning, church. It's fantastic to be here preaching to you this morning. And what a brilliant series it has been so far. Hope for Troubled Hearts is such an important message for the time we currently find ourselves in. One thing that keeps coming back to me um, since the beginning, something someone said, was that God is not has not been caught off guard by this. He is bigger than this. And no matter how we're feeling now or a year's time or 10 years time down the line, the hope we have in Jesus has not changed and will not change. Today we are reading from John 14, 15 to 26. And in this verse there is so much hope and so much we can learn. <clears throat> if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you know him. He dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will also live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us, and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and will come to him, and make a home with him. Whoever does not love me, does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I have said to you. There is so much in this verse. Jesus, just, Jesus has just spent the last few chapters telling his disciples that he's off to be with the Father. Just before these verses and in this verse, you can still see the disciples asking questions about this. They're still wondering. They're still not sure what's going on. Men that spent years with Jesus, loving him, learning from him, being discipled by him, they still had questions. That being the case, I would be foolish to think I could touch on everything in these verses in just 20 minutes. I'm going to touch on what I can try to unpack a message for today. But I urge you to go on reading these verses, to think upon all that Jesus is saying. <clears throat> As I read out this chapter, I, when I read this chapter, I pulled out a couple of themes and read them almost as separate messages. One was about Jesus sending a helper, the Holy Spirit, and the other message was that if we love Jesus, we will keep his commandments. I was going to try and shoehorn a quick segment about the Holy Spirit and then move on to what I thought was the main message about his commandments. It was only when I kept reading it and um, dwelling on it and praying about it that I realised um, I spent my time separating two themes that actually go hand in hand. And my aim today is to try and unpack this and hopefully show you how and, and to explain how this can give us hope. Verse, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that may feel like a fairly daunting uh, a line, but hopefully it won't be as we explore the verses some more. You may have seen it or experienced it yourself, conversations that go something like, if you love me, you would do the dishes, or 
well, if you loved me, you would want me to be happy and let me buy those shoes. Just as a side note, that's not how me and Emma talk. Our, our love doesn't come with conditions. And when it comes to shoes, I think I've got more than Emma. Um, it's possible, though, to think this is how Jesus is speaking. It can sound like that, but um, I don't believe it is. I think he's talking a different way. Let's try and unpack that a bit. And let's turn to Matthew 22, 36 to 40 to see if we can help us understand the context in which he is talking. Just leading up to these verses in Matthew, um, we see that the Pharisees wanted to arrest Jesus. They're not happy with some of the things he's been doing and saying and claiming, um, but they're fearful of the crowd who currently see Jesus as a prophet, prophet um, and they think if they arrest him, um, they don't know how they will react. So they're trying to entangle him and entrap him by and trick him by um, asking some difficult questions or what they think are difficult questions for Jesus. And this is one of them. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love, your Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If we love Jesus, truly love Jesus, I believe that brings out a heart change in us. We can use the example of how Jesus loves and how, how he is, because that sets out a blueprint for how we are to love him and how we are to love others. If we truly love Jesus and then in turn our neighbours, all other commandments are covered. And that is not to say we won't stumble or sin, but it is a change that comes about through knowing, trusting and walking with Jesus. Sorry. Let me try to give an analogy. Emma and myself have a three-year-old daughter, and I'm sure most parents feel from time to time. We question if we're doing the best thing by her or we are raising her correctly, especially when we feel we may have made a mistake. In that moment, I would ask the question, did we act in that moment to the best of our knowledge and were our actions out of love? If we can answer yes to that, then I believe we are on the right track. We can look back and we can say, yes, we made a mistake and yes, we can do better. So now we can learn from that. We may make mistakes, but our love for Jesus helps us become aware of those mistakes. And also in the moment, we can ask ourselves, are we acting out of love for Jesus or are we acting out of love for ourselves or someone or something else? Now, I hope I've made it slightly less daunting, but I'm still not done. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus goes on to repeat this fact another three times with different phrasing each time. So he said it four times in total. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He says it a fourth time, but from a different perspective. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Whenever Jesus says anything, we need to listen. But if he repeats it, especially four times, we can know that it is vital for the way we are to live our lives. And this, how he followed this is where I believe some of the hope comes from. He then goes on to mention the Father each time. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to help you and be with you forever. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. My Father will love them 
and we will come to them and make a home with them. And finally, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. I think this is a true indication that the Father loves us and wants a relationship with us. He sent his only son to live a perfect life and die on the cross for us. And then when we trust in Jesus, our saviour, God responds. He is not a passive God. He responds to our love and prayers. He loves us anyway, but he delights when we love him. Verse 23, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. That is just incredible. It's God saying he will make his home with those who love Jesus. His intention is for us to dwell with him and walk with him. In all of this, it's so important that we know we don't love Jesus because he will then love us, in turn love us. We love Jesus because he loved us first. Let's turn to 1 John 4, 7 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfect for us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified the father has sent his son to be the saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved. If anyone says, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God who he has not seen. And this command we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. You see, God is love and we love because he loved us first. We can draw confidence and hope from this. Verse 15 and 18, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is so also are we in the world. When we trust Jesus as our saviour we are proclaiming love for him. In that moment, God abides in us and we can boldly approach the throne of God. We then, in all we do, are to act out of love for Jesus. 
Not only can we take great joy from the fact Jesus loved us first, we can learn from his love. He is the ultimate example of how we should act as Christians. Consider Jesus' life and what it looked like him for him to love. People hated him, conspired against him, ang angered him, and did not act out of love towards him. Still, he spent every day of his life, up until his last breath, loving and petitioning to God for the lives of the lost. In Luke 23, just before he is crucified, he's still petitioning for God for those that rebuke him. And even on the cross, he welcomes one of the criminals on the cross next to him into heaven. He never stopped loving. Even when he was being killed, his focus was on the lives of others. If we can find it possible to love like that, to love like Jesus and love others like that, and love Jesus like that, then all other commandments will fall in line. Jesus answered the question of what the greatest commandment was concise. That doesn't mean it's easy to carry out, but it helps us to understand. I think we can often mistake loving someone for always being fluffy and happy. At times, love calls for discipline and maybe even rebuke. If these things are done out of genuine love, then they can be well placed. Using my daughter for another example, sometimes I can get frustrated, even cross with her. If she was sometimes she still steps off the curb, the roadside, without stopping and looking. It's my responsibility to teach her and instruct her, and we all need that as we grow in maturity and understanding in all sorts of ways. But once taught, if she keeps flouting my advice, um, and it's no longer immaturity, or it's just now disobedience, discipline may be the needed course of action. I don't like getting cross of her. I really don't enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> but in this situation, I know best and I want her to be safe. I say I don't like discipline and I, I don't think anyone does. I genuinely want to be the happy, joy, joyful parent. Uh, we both, me and her both do. But in that moment, for me to just ignore what she, she was doing or laugh it off and let it go on is a danger to her life. And so in that moment, discipline may be the right course of action. <clears throat> it can often be difficult to know what the right um, way of acting is. Because of our human nature, we do not act in the right way at all times. We may find ourselves acting in ways that are not out of love. This is where we can grow. And this is where the Holy Spirit is vital. I mentioned at the beginning how I confused the text up a bit and split it into topics, but actually then realised how these topics work together. Jesus throughout the verses tells us he is sending the Holy Spirit and he calls him a helper. And he tells us he will be with us forever. You see, Jesus knew that he was going to be living out his life to go and be with the Father. In this moment, he is telling us that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. He also knows we will need help to do this. When we accept Jesus as our saviour, his spirit dwells within us. Jesus is saying here that he is going to be with the father, but he is sending the spirit to be a helper for us. The Holy Spirit is given, us, given to us to help us to act in love and to and to love, how to, how to love Jesus, to teach us how to do that. 
This book is God's, the Bible is God's living word. And it has so much in it we don't fully understand. The Holy Spirit is given up, given to us to help us unpack that and learn what it has in store for us. You see, that is where the hope for troubled hearts comes from. Jesus knows that we need help, that we do not possess the knowledge, the will, the capacity that he holds. He therefore sent us the helper, the Holy Spirit. I said at the beginning in the first line of this verse may seem a little daunting, but it does not have to. Jesus is not expecting us to get this right straight away or to under, understand every verse in the Bible. Therefore, he left us with his spirit. The Holy Spirit, if we ask, will show us how to act out of love, whatever that looks like, whether that is fluffy or something a bit tougher. We, with him, can get it right. The Holy Spirit is not a supernatural being that only our leaders can um, that's only accessible for our leaders or, uh, or something only we can access um, in certain places. He dwells within us, with every single person who is trusting in Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us daily, to help us to help guide us, help us to act out of love for our brothers and sisters, for the saved and for the lost. Love, patient, kind, not envious, not boastful not arrogant, not rude, not insistent on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice with wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. It bears, believes, hopes and endures all things. It never ends. That's taken from 1 Corinthians 13. As I wrap up, I'm going to pray, but I just want to tie this together to finish. If we love Jesus, we are to commit, keep his commandments. If we love Jesus, we will keep his commandments we cannot do this alone but with a helper the holy spirit as our guide let me pray lord as we go away after listening to this today may we get more into into god's word about how we are to love how we are to be and how we can keep jesus commandments allow us or allow us to ask the um holy spirit into our lives in daily and got to guide us uh, in loving and acting and how we are to be let us learn from what from god's living word let us welcome the holy spirit into our lives so we can love others the way jesus loves us and we can love jesus the way he calls us to amen thanks guys it's been lovely speaking to you um so yeah get stuck into the words and enjoy the rest of your day